10 is where we're going to be. I want to get into the word tonight. I want to kind of uh, share some stuff from my heart. Um, it's always from my heart, but something the Lord's placed on my heart um, that I think is going to help us and, uh, and keep, us, keep us on the right track. How many want to stay on the right track in your walk with the Lord? Amen. Um, there was a couple who was, uh, I'll lighten the load a little bit real quick. There was a couple who uh, were driving down the road, a married couple. I know this never happens to anybody here. They were on their way to church, and they had gotten a little argument. I know that never happens. Never happens with me and my wife because we drive separate. <laughs> but we, uh, these couple got in a heated argument and got in a really bad crash, and both went to be with the Lord. They passed away in this horrible crash. <laughs> That's not funny, is it? <laughs> so she got up to heaven, and old Peter's gate, right? You know, we not, I know that's not biblical at all, but everybody uses it. She got up to heaven, and Peter said, hey, welcome to heaven. You can come in, but you got you to gotta do something first. And she said, okay, what do I got to do? And she, he says, you got to spell the word love. And she goes, okay, L-O-V-E. And he says, all right, you can come on in. And then all of a sudden, Peter gets a call, and so he has to go take care of something. So he says, listen, I need you to watch the gate for five minutes. I'll be right back. So she, he leaves, and guess who comes up next? Husband's coming up right behind her. And he's just excited that he sees her, and he doesn't know what, what went on. He doesn't, he's still kind of coming out of what happened, and he realizes they're, they're in heaven, but they're together. And, and he says, I'm here, honey. And she says, look, Peter told me to guard the gate. And he said, you have to spell the word to get in. And uh, so he said, what word? And she said, Czechoslovakia. <laughs> it's not fair, is it? Q, you didn't get that? Love, L-O-V-E, Czechoslovakia. It's a really long word. She didn't want him to go in. <laughs> Got it? Boom. <laughs> so, someone will laugh tomorrow. Amen. Well, let's put that background up, up if you would. How many have ever heard the saying, prevention is, is a pound of, of uh, an ounce of prevention is a pound of cure? I want to talk tonight about a prevention, and almost the word maintenance could be used as well um, in, in our walk with the Lord. And kind of just share, I, I, I've, I, see, I see this a lot, but I've ran into some things just recently, people that I know, um, some that have come to church here, some that uh, have just, uh, I just know, and, and seeing their lives, seeing different places they're at, seeing different things that they're going through. Um, I want to give a message tonight, and, and sometimes when you preach a message like this, there's certain people, I don't have anybody in my mind, but you know there's people who need to be here to hear this message. But there's also people here, and I believe there's people here, who need to hear this for prevention. If you know me very well, I really believe in prevention. I, I really believe in, in, in learning from other people's mistakes. And if you, and so this is going to continue in our series of being a disciple. A disciple is, is understanding about prevention is better than cure. In a car, maintenance is better than fixing it. Right? What's better, to go and spend $50 to change your oil or to spend $5,000 on a new engine? Right? What's better, to go and, and, and check your tires and make sure that one's not about to pop? on the road or, or go get a new tire before you get in a wreck. Spend the money on the one tire instead of getting a wrecked car because the car pops, the tire pops. 
just an idea like that where you're just realizing, listen, there's, there's things I've got to maintain, and we've got to maintain our walk with the Lord and maintain our, our, uh, our relationship with God. And how many know people in your lives, maybe that you have in your family, friends, close to you, that just seems like they don't learn? Anybody know anybody like that? They just don't learn. And so we need to be learners. One of the reasons that I think I'm so adamant about this in my life is when I was really young, and some of you know this, and got saved in my first few years, I I ran into a man of God, and he spoke over my life. And he told me very specifically and very clearly that if I would listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit and I would watch other people around me, he would allow me to learn from the mistakes of other people. And he said, and this is clear as a bell, he told me this, he said, if you will listen and learn from other people's mistakes and heed, okay, that's the word we're going to get into here, take heed to what they're going through and the mistake they made, you will not have to go through that mistake. That was a promise from God for me. And I took it. And I believe that I can pass that on to you, and I believe that if you can watch and be a watcher of people, you can learn from people's mistakes, so that you don't have to go through what they go through. Young people especially, you guys would be so smart and wise, and I believe you are, to learn from other people's mistakes. One of the hardest things for young people, and I know because I was at one time, is we don't think older people know anything. And, and a smart thing would be, especially for younger people, but not just younger people, is to be in that place to say, you know what, I'd rather prevent than have to be cured. I'd rather maintain and prevent than have to fix. How many know it's better to maintain a marriage than to fix a marriage? It's better to maintain a friendship and prevent problems than fix a a friendship. And again, same with the house, the car, and everything. It's the same thing with our relationship with the Lord. And, And there's some things in the Bible that I want to start off with one verse in 1 Corinthians 10. We're going to read more here, but I want to start off with verse 12, just that one verse. And this is going to be the verse for the night. And it says, therefore, this is a powerful verse right here, let him or her who thinks they stand take heed lest they fall. I want you just to leave that up there for a few minutes, and I want us to just begin to let that marinate in our spirits tonight, because this is the prevention This is understanding that I I cannot in my mind think I've made it or think in my mind I can't make a mistake or or think in my mind that that because I'm a believer now or a Christian that I've arrived and it's done. This is a marathon. This is something that we've got to stay in and we've got to keep making the right choices over and over. All of you tonight made the right choice to be here all of you, and I want to say this right now before I forget, I'm, all of you that have kids and teenagers that brought your kids tonight, I want you all to give each other a hand for coming on a Wednesday night and making sure that your kids are in church. Because this is what's going to happen, and I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand because it's obvious. You had to, you had to, make, you had to run. You had to maybe make some sacrifices. You had to get things ready. You had to do some things to get here. You, you had to get past being tired. All kinds of things. But let me tell you something. Remember this. Remember these words. Think about all that you did to get here tonight and compare that to the sacrifice you'll have to make someday to go visit them in jail. 
The sacrifice that you'll have to make to go check out them in the hospital when they've gotten in a drunk driving accident. To, to go check on them when they've done, gone and done something crazy. Just, just compare those two things, and I promise you, you'll, you'll be thankful when you look back and your kids make it for God and you say, listen, they're, they're serving God, you're going to look back and be thankful. And that's, that's from someone like Jax, who I ran into in the bathroom. How old is Jax? Four? Five, four, four years old, from someone that young all the way up to 50, 800, amen, doesn't matter what age. We've got to make the decision to be in church because there could be a message that could save our life. This could save somebody's life tonight, a message like this. You, you might not have made a mistake yet, but this could save you from making a mistake. And so this is a powerful thought. Let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. I want, to go, I want to tell you a little bit about that word take heed means. It means take to heart. It means take to heart. It means to take seriously. We've got to take seriously the things of God, to ruminate, to mediate, to internalize. You know, Paul said that we have to examine ourselves to make sure that we're in the faith. That's not a once a year or once a month or once, a, once every five years. That's daily. We've got to check ourselves we got to make sure we're in the faith. got to make sure we're walking with the Lord. And another, another uh, definition is focus, to pay attention, to take notice, to listen to warnings. I almost put up there tonight and there just a warning sign. You know, th- those warning signs are there for a reason, right? When a curve's coming up, that, that curve, that, war- that sign says a curve's coming up, slow down. There's, there's speed, you know, as much as people don't like speed limits and don't like all the rules that we have out there, they're there for a reason. Has anybody been driving down the freeway and had one of those stinking trucks drive by you at 100 miles an hour and wish that they would go in 30, not 100? They could kill somebody. There's the reason why they're not supposed to go that fast. So there's things in our lives that we may not like, but there's a reason why they're there. God has the same thing for us. He has parameters and things he wants us to keep, and he wants to stay in a certain lane in our walk with God. And if we get out of it, then we're going to have issues and we're going to have problems. So, therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Now, there is so much in this chapter right here, this chapter 10, that you could go back and read the whole Old Testament through this. There's, there's, Paul is, is summarizing a lot of the Old Testament here and some powerful stories. So I want to start back in verse 1. Now that you read that verse 12, and we're going to read some more here. Verse 1, chapter 10, 1 Corinthians. Moreover, brethren, I don't want you to be, watch this, unaware that all of our fathers were under the cloud and passed through the sea. How many know as I'm reading this, they're talking back to Exodus and Moses and, and our forefathers, our spiritual fathers. He says, all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. All ate the same spiritual food. All drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was Christ. Now, before I keep reading... We have the Old Testament for a reason. If you've ever wondered, why do we have the Old Testament? Because the Old Testament is something we're supposed to learn from. It's not just an antiquated book that's boring. It's not just a book that's got old stories and fairy tales and Jonah and the whale. It's stories of, to learn from. And to look and say, I'm going to be a learner. And, and I'm telling you, this is something that if we'll grasp this and get this, it'll take us a long ways. 
They'll go a long ways in saving you trouble. How many don't like trouble? All right? I don't either. I, I, I so much better like to stay out of trouble. I like to, I like to, to, to have good times, not bad times. You know, we, we're so blessed tonight to be saved. So privileged to be children of God. So honored to, be, to have the mercy of God in our lives tonight. Amen. The, the love of God in our lives. The grace, as, as Jesse was saying in that verse from Psalms so many times over. Mercy, mercy, mercy. If we have so much goodness from God, we've got to be thankful for that. And live a life that's thankful for that. And, and live a life that's, that's in gratitude to the Lord for his goodness to us. Amen. And, 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 and we know we've been talking about this a lot lately. This world is after us. The devil's after us. And it, just like I've been saying, it's not to make us scared. It's to make us wise. It's to make us wise. We have to realize there's a real devil that doesn't want us to go to heaven. He doesn't want us to impact other people's lives. He wants us to, to fail. He wants us to be in jail. He wants us to be, you know, he'd much rather you be in jail tonight than sitting at church. He's failed so far for you, but he's not going to give up. He'd much rather you be in a hospital bed tonight than sitting at church. He'd much rather have you at the house watching TV right now. He'd much rather have you be doing something else. And some of y'all's minds is somewhere else, maybe. Because it's Wednesday night, amen? But he'd rather you be somewhere else. But you're here. And God has a plan for us and a purpose for us. But there's always an attack coming at us trying to cause us to, to miss what God has for us. So let's keep reading this. Old Testament speaking to us. Verse 5. But with most of them, God was not well pleased. How many don't want to be the most of them there? God was not well pleased. For their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now these things, so, so we read that and go, man, that's, that's strong. Their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. But watch what he says. Why were their bodies scattered in the wilderness? What does verse 6 say? So these things became our what? Examples. To the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. And it says, do not become idolaters as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. As I read this right here, let me just take a little bit of time on some of these verses. I think of people over the years, 27 years of being in the ministry now, hundreds, maybe thousands of people that I've seen change their lives. See God do amazing things. Like that person that Pastor Mario talked about. Do miracles. Get the IRS off their back. Give them homes. Give them jobs. Deliver them from drugs, like Jesse said at the prayer. Just do amazing things, and then they turn their back on God. They, they forget what God did for them. They get to a place where, where they, they get comfortable, they get complacent, and they turn their back on God, and they go back. That happened in the Old Testament. If, if they did that in the Old Testament, how many know we got to be careful in the New Testament? Have any of you ever seen a literal Red Sea? Heart, like literally, physically? No, we haven't seen that. Have any of you ever literally, now we've seen lots of things that we would relate to for us in our day, 
But has anybody ever seen physical bread come down from heaven? No. If you go and start talking about, has any of you ever seen, been in a place where there were serpents and snakes biting people? And I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit because that's a couple verses down. And all of a sudden, someone lifted up a rod and all the snakes looked at that rod and it stopped biting. There are things that they saw that we may never see in our lives, yet they turned their backs on God. They, they'd seen, I mean, literally, can you imagine tonight if we could literally physically walk through that Red Sea and see the walls of water on both sides and, 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 and see bread just coming down from heaven and, 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 and see all the miracles that they saw and then turn our back on God? But they did. Moses goes up into the, into the mountain to get the Ten Commandments, and they get bored. And they start, they start saying, where's God? And when we start worshiping, they got to find something. So idolatry, that's what this is talking about. It, we have to be so careful to not be that person, to not be those people that allow the things of this world to get us to forget how good God has been to us. It says, don't become, verse 7, idolaters, as were some of them that sat down to eat and rose up to play Amen. There's a time for fun. There's a time for games. But some people don't know how to get serious with the things of God. Amen. You can't play all the time. You can't play all the time. Because the devil's not playing. You know, when we're playing, the devil's not playing. He's, he's, not, he's not taking any time off. He's, he's after us. He's, he's seeking whom he can devour. He's not, he's not oh, they're, they're playing out, so let me take time out while they're playing. Then when they get serious, I'll get serious. That's not how the devil works. And so we can't be playing all the time. We have, to, we have to be serious. Now watch this. Nor let us commit sexual immorality as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 fell. 23,000 died in one day because of a plague. And that's in Numbers 25 if you want to read that later. They died of a plague because they sought after their, after their own carnal desires. Now, verse 10, sorry, verse 9, or verse 8. Which verse am I in? 9. Nor let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed by serpents. That's the one I just talked about. It's in Numbers 21, 21 if you want to read that later. The serpents started to bite them. Snakes started to bite them, bite them, and they started to die. Nor complain as some of them also complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now, I really want you to focus on 11 and 12. It's coming back to what I read in the first verse. Now, all these things happened to them as what? As examples. All these things happened to them. See, I'd rather things happen to somebody else than to me. But I just think I'm just smart. How many smart people do I have in here? I think you're, you're, I'm sorry, you're dumb if you want to go through that yourself. That's not wise. That's not common sense. It is much better to learn from somebody else than go through it yourself. That's just common sense. And so Paul is saying, listen, we've got all these people to learn from in the Old Testament. Let's learn from them. He says, these are all, all happen as an example. God allowed these things to happen as an example. They were written for admonition, admonition upon whom the ends of the ages have come. And those people are still waiting for judgment. It's because they've been gone for thousands of years. They're still waiting for judgment. They're still going to stand before God. Now, here's a good verse, chapter 12. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed 
lest he fall. Now, I'm going to read a couple verses here to begin to close up, but here, here's what I want to just challenge you to do. I want, you to ch- I want to challenge you to be a people watcher. I want to challenge you to look at, if, you, if you're married and you want a good marriage, find marriages that are good and watch them and learn from them. If you are young and you're serving God and you want to live for God, find some young person who's serving God and watch them. If you uh, are, are wanting, and if you're in this place and you're wanting to do something for the Lord, find somebody who's doing something for God and learn from them. Watch them. Be, be, a, be an asker. Be somebody who says, hey, I, I, what, I'm thinking about doing this. Pastor Murray, how many times do you wish someone would come to you and ask you before they do it, I'm thinking about doing this thing. Pastor, what do you think? Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be nice? It'd be not, we would love to answer those questions. We would love to help you. That's what we're here for, to help you make that decision. And sometimes that decision is not as hard to make as you think it is. It's pretty easy sometimes. But it all depends on where our heart is. Because if my heart's not right, then I'm not going to go to the pastor and ask him for what I think, what I, think I should do. I'm going to go to somebody who's going to tell me what I want to hear. Right? Isn't that what we do a lot of times? We find somebody who, who will agree with what I want to do. And then, and then here's the funny thing. We're the ones that get the call to go visit them in jail. We're the ones that get the call to go visit them in the rehab. When they could have just listened, could have just learned. Amen. I don't want to visit any of you in jail unless you are preaching the gospel. I'll visit you there. I'm going to visit you anyways, but I don't want to visit you in jail. I'd rather visit you here. But I'm telling you, listen, listen to experience. I'm telling you that there are people who are sitting in jail today. If they would have heeded to the, to the lessons, if they would have heeded to the word of God, if they'd have heeded to the Holy Spirit, they wouldn't be in jail today. You know why jailhouse religion is so popular? Because that's when everybody thinks about it. Once you get locked up in that cell, young people, once you're in the cell, you got lots of time to think about it. Lots of time to reflect. Lots of time to say, man, what did I do? What did I do wrong? Why am I here? Why don't we, why don't we learn from other people's mistakes and not go down that road? I mean, just recently, a very, very close person to me made some dumb mistakes. I don't even know the details. I just know he's in, in jail looking at a sentence. And now he's seeking for God. Now he's seeking for God. Talked to his mom the other day. I guess this is what had to happen. Why does someone have to go to jail to turn around their life to God? Why wouldn't it be smarter to do it here, to do it now, to do it tonight, to make that decision, stay out of that situation? Verse 13, this is going to help us all right here. How many have ever thought, I, this is just too strong of a temptation for me? I just can't handle it. I just, I, I, I'm just weak. That's what we say a lot of times. Watch what 13 says. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. Some people say, you just don't know what I'm going through. You just don't know the struggle. You just don't know my addiction. You just don't know this. You just don't know that. I'm not taken away from the fact that you have an addiction or a struggle. But the Bible tells me no temptation has overtaken you except as is common to man. 
Some people like to think that theirs is a greater addiction than somebody else's or a greater problem than somebody else's. That's not what the Bible says here. How many trust and believe the Bible? If he says no temptation has overtaken you except that is common to man, then that's the truth. Not what the world would tell you. Doesn't the world say there's just some people that just can't help themselves? That's just how they are. Isn't that what the world says? That's not what the Bible says. He says there's no, say that with me, no temptation. That means no temptation, no sin. Because remember, temptation is the luring to do wrong. Sin is not, you haven't, see the thing here is this key. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start to wrap this up right here because I want you to see this. Temptation is not a sin. Did you hear me? Temptation is not sin. Jesus was tempted. He did not sin. We are going to have things that are in front of us that are tempting. Sometimes it's an easy way out. Sometimes it's easy money. Sometimes it's just to, to get, you know, get my mind off things. Whatever it is that's tempting you, it's there, but it's not a sin unless you give in to it. And so it said, there's no temptation that has overtaken you except such as common to man. Now watch this. This is where our faithful God comes in. He says, God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. So he will give you a way out. He will give you a door. And a lot of times we don't want to take the door because our flesh is strong and, and we don't. Listen, I've always been honest with you. I've said this my entire life. I know, who, I know my life and my past. I know that when I was running from God, I was choosing sin and, and fun and the things that I enjoyed doing over God. And I knew that I was doing it and I knew where I was going. Dumb, but that's what I was doing. Hadn't had that experience with God yet. And I knew I was just choosing. There would be times I'd get home in, in, my, in my house from a party or something and cry in my bed because I knew I was living in sin. I knew that the temptation I was given into, I had a way out, but I wasn't taking it. I wasn't taking it because I loved sin too much. I loved, the, I loved the, what I wanted to do too much. And I was running. And so he's saying, look, Blake, you don't have an excuse. And that's why the night that I got saved and that spotlight came on me and I knew I was going to hell, it's because he was telling me, I've been giving you a way out, but you haven't been taking it. And that's your choice. We all, we all got to answer for our, our, our decisions. Right? That's why that person tonight, whether it's your friend or my friend or whoever sitting in jail, they got to answer for what they did to get there. Again, how many much rather be sitting here free, hands free, able to walk out and go to the car, go where you want to go tonight, sitting in jail or sitting in a rehab or sitting in divorce court or sitting across the, the glass from your kid in jail or sitting in the hospital visiting somebody who's been in an accident because they were drinking and driving. How many much rather be here Learning the Word of God. Learning that there's a way out. Learning that we can be delivered. Learning that we can stay the course. Learning that we can take a left instead of a right. He says, I'm faithful. I will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. Watch this. But with the temptation, I'll make a way of escape. 
I'll make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. What's the difference between now, after Christ, and then before Christ? Besides the obvious fact that Jesus washed you in his blood, now you're taking the way out. You're taking the way of escape. Before, you just do what your flesh wanted to do. Now you're saying no to those drugs. A lot of you that have been delivered from drugs still have temptation sometimes. Those drugs call you. Alcohol calls you. Things call you. That doesn't mean that you're not going to have a temptation because God has delivered you. It means he's giving you a way out. And you, I remember Pastor Jones saying to, to, to somebody I knew very well, I'm not going to say who it was, for a long time when they were walking in sin and walking in a, in, in, in a relationship that they didn't need to be in, he kept saying, do the math. Some of us need to do the math. Meaning, is what I'm doing worth what I'm getting myself into? you got to do the math. Some people in their, in their minds would think, yeah, I'm, it's worth it. And they're, they're wrong, but they think that. But we got to do the math. Is that temptation worth me spending time in jail? Is that worth me losing my marriage? Is that worth me losing my relationship with God? Is that worth me losing money? Is that worth all these things? Is it worth it? Got to do the math. That's what he's saying here. He says that the way out, there's, he says that you may be able to bear it. Amen? How many are getting something? Let's read two more verses. One more verse, sorry. No, that was it. That was 13, right? I do have one in Philippians 4, verse 9. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me and the God of peace, sorry, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. If somebody has a successful, godly, good marriage, they're doing something right. There's something they're doing, and you should be asking them what they're doing if you want a successful marriage. If you're watching a man or a woman live their life for God, and, and you're standing back and you're seeing fruit, and you're seeing growth, and you're seeing steadfastness, and you're seeing discipline, and you're seeing a, a real life living for the Lord. And again, the biggest part of that is fruit, because we've been talking about that a lot in this discipleship. Fruit. They'll know you by your fruit. And you should be watching that person, and you should be following that person. And it says, doing what you've received and heard and saw. Be a people person. Be a people person. Watch. And when you see somebody, it's the same way. When you see somebody who's not doing the right thing, you see somebody who's continually struggling. You see someone who's continually doing the wrong thing, continually in trouble, never bearing fruit, then you don't go up to them and say, hey, what you doing wrong? But you learn from their mistakes. You learn, you watch, and you say, okay, they, they, they miss church all the time. They're in and out. They're, 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 they're doing th whatever it is. I'm not going to try to take time and say what the things are, but you watch. We need to learn to be people watchers. And those things which are wrong and bad and don't glorify God, we don't follow those things. We say, that's what I don't want to do. Because God also showed me that. He said, I'll let you learn from people's mistakes, but also when you see something that's not godly and not right, learn that too. That's what you don't want to be. That's, that's how you don't want to act. 
That's how you don't want to live. And, 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 and that's exactly what he's saying here. It can't be any more clear. Again, the things which you've learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. You know, a lot of times when it's right, Pastor Mario would definitely understand this because he's been in our fellowship a lot longer than me. When, when our pastors and your pastor here and, and pe- people in our life do things and say things and say, hey, you know, I wouldn't do that. It's for a reason. Because we're never going to tell you, don't do that. Because that's, we can't. That's not, we're, we're not God. We, but we'd say, I wouldn't do that if it was me. And we just try to live that example. I remember a pastor told me many times, I would, that's, here's, how, here's what I would do. Or if I were you, think about this. Think about that. And so I've got men in my life that I admire and that are doing something for God. And I'm learning from them. I'm watching them. I'm asking them. I've said this before. Uh, Pastor Bland in Cortez. I used to go up to him all the time. While my daughters were younger. And they were 10 and 15 and 8. And I say, and I watch his, his family go into the prayer room. I watch his daughters and sons, the way they carried themselves. And I'd go ask him questions. I'd say, what do you give me some parenting lessons? What do you what are you doing? How do you how do you and he'd tell me things, and I'd write them down, and I'd go put them into practice. Because I saw that he had a successful marriage, and he has kids serving the Lord. I mean, oh, that's smart and wise. So what the Holy Spirit is saying is take heed. Take heed. Learn from other people. Learn from other people's mistakes. You that are here tonight, again, you brought your kids. You, you brought your teenagers. You brought your family. Keep doing that. Don't grow weary in well-doing. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. And if you've been doing it wrong, stop doing it that way and try something new. If it's not working, what's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting the different results. Keep it up. Motives are important. You know, why do we do things? Why? Why am I I doing these things? Because I know there's results from what I'm doing. Father, I ask you tonight to help us to take heed, to take the warning, to, to watch, to be watchers. If any areas in our lives, Father, where we be tempted to do the wrong thing, God, where we be tempted to fall into temptation and actually do the act that we're tempted to do because your word promises us tonight that there's a way out. Your word promises us tonight that you will always give us an opportunity to escape that temptation if we'll just take it. And God, we may feel like sometimes we're we're sacrificing some things and giving some things up. But Lord, the things that we give up for you are nothing compared to what you've given up for us. And and a lot of times when when you're telling us don't do that, it's because you're saving us from something. You're keeping us from something. You're guarding us from something. Lord, I don't want these people in this place tonight, Lord, to be on the other side. On the side of wrong. On the side of backslidden. On the side of lost. On the side of bitter and depressed and anger. I want them to be on the side of grace and happiness and joy and peace and fulfillment, God. Help us, Lord. Help us learn. Help us learn tonight, God.
Touch those tonight, God, that might be in some place tonight where they're on the verge of making a bad decision. Lord, as, as we're here tonight and we're praying and we're just letting the Holy Spirit work on us, show us tonight, Lord, reveal to us tonight those areas in our lives that are dangerous. Things that are doors and windows that we would open up to the devil that he would, he would come through barging through and want to destroy us. Help us tonight, God. Holy Spirit, you're the helper. You're the comforter. You convict us of things so that we won't fall into those sins and we won't fall into those traps because the devil wants to keep us longer than we want to stay and take us further than we want to go. Lord, I pray for every man, every woman, every teenager in this place, and I pray for myself that I'd be a learner, that I'd be a watcher, that I would heed to the voice of the Holy Spirit and know, Father, that every decision that I make has consequences, good and bad, good and bad. Help us tonight, Lord. How many tonight as your heads are bowed and eyes are closed all across this place would be honest with God? You don't know the Lord as your Savior. Maybe this is the first time you've ever heard a gospel message. Maybe this is the first time you've ever thought about eternity. The Bible says that we're all sinners and we all fall short of His glory. But we can be reconciled to God through Jesus. When Jesus says He's the way, the truth, and the life, it's not just because He's the only way to heaven. It's because He is truly life. Without Him, we're lost. Without Him, we make bad decisions. Without Him on this earth, before we go to heaven, we, we go through troubles and trials and pain that we don't have to go through. But when you give your life to Jesus, He takes things away. He saves us from things. He puts us on a different path. Puts us in a different direction. Keeps us out of trouble by the power of His Holy Spirit. How many would say, Pastor, tonight I don't know Jesus. I want to be born again. I want to have a second chance. I want to start my life over. I want a new beginning. If that's you, just lift your hand. I want to pray for you tonight. Just put it up and put it right back down. That's me. I want a new beginning tonight. I want a fresh start. I want Jesus to be Lord of my life tonight. Maybe you're here tonight. Maybe you know the Lord. Maybe you've been saved. Maybe you've said that prayer. You've been born again. But maybe you're here and, and the Holy Spirit's been speaking to you during this message. And, and you need to do some business with God. You need, to, you need to repent to some things that the devil's been tempting you with. And you've been giving in to those temptations. You're, 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 this is a prevention message for you and you're heeding to it. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand tonight. I don't, I don't need to know. God knows. But I, I, I know I preach this message for a reason. There's some people here who might be making some bad decisions. You might have opened up some doors. And, and the Holy Spirit's saying tonight, listen, you've got a chance right now to close those doors before things, really bad things happen, before consequences begin to set in, before the devil really comes in and barges in and destroys. Just like that example of that testimony with that tax thing, God can change it in a second. God can turn it around in a second. That's why 1 John says, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. You, you've got to start believing that God can change it. 
You've got to start believing that the power of the cross is strong enough to change it. It's not your power. You can't do it on your own. You've you've been hitting your head against the wall because you're trying to do it in your own power. It's not by might. It's not by power. But it's by His Spirit, says the Lord. It's, It's His power that does it. All he needs is you to surrender. All he needs you to do, you to do is say, Lord, I'm, I'm tired of running. I'm tired of hitting my head against the wall spiritually. I know that the things that I'm doing, the things that I'm thinking, the things I've been involved in, the things that doors are I'm open up to are not you. And I'm going to turn today. Today's the day. On a Wednesday night, I'm going to get it right. I'm going to hand it over to you. I'm going to give you the keys to all of my house. I'm going to let you move tonight. I want us to stand for a moment in reverence. I want to say one more thing before I open up the altar. It's an amazing thing to me. You know, I got that word a bunch of years ago, and I heeded to it. I I can tell you right now, if I wouldn't have heeded to that, meaning pay attention, take seriously, if I wouldn't have heeded to that word I got, I would be in jail, dead, in hell, or in the hospital. I wouldn't be preaching the gospel. Or if I wasn't in any of those places, I'd be miserable and out of the will of God. At the very least. At the very least. That's where I'd be. But I said, Lord, I'm going to listen to you because if you told me that, I'm going to be smart enough to listen to you. It's amazing to me how God can speak to us so clearly sometimes. And we can feel Him tugging on us. And all we have to do is take a step and say, Lord, I hear you. I'm going to answer. I'm gonna... what, a, what a Holy Spirit example of that tax thing. i, I got to go back to it again. If she wouldn't have listened to that counsel and prayed specifically and got on the phone and called, she'd still have that tax problem. All you have to do tonight is make a step. All you have to do tonight is admit that you need help. All you have to do tonight is heed to His Holy Spirit. And God will do a miracle. He can change things in one instant. I had two times over this last revival where the Holy Spirit spoke through me to two different people. Clear as a bell. On a Friday night, I spoke to a guy. I didn't know nothing about him. I've never been to that. I've never seen him in my life. And I spoke a word to him standing at the back of the church. He came forward. gave his life to the Lord. I told him things that he was could not that it was totally the holy spirit i didn't know nothing about him he was blown away he came up to me after service and said how'd you know all that and how why and i says god he's got a call in your life you've been running from him and he was just blown away he said i'm gonna be i'll see you tomorrow guess what i didn't see him saturday guess what he wasn't there sunday how in the world can you hear a voice from somebody's mouth that tells you about your life that there's no way they could know and you walk away from that and just go back to to whatever you were doing before Saturday night there was a couple there a husband and a wife I've never seen them before they'd never been to that church before God called them out spoke to them I said would you come forward they came to the altar I I began to speak things to them that the Holy Spirit gave me she began to cry she was bad, bad sick. I said, God's going to heal you right now. God's going to heal your body. He's going to deliver you. You're going to feel the power of God hit you. You've been searching for the power of God. She just starts crying. Never met him in my life. Prayed over her. Power of God hit her. 
I believe she was totally healed. She, was, she came up to me after service. Husband came up to me. How'd you know all that? How'd you know everything you just... I said, it's not me. It's God. It's the Holy Spirit. Were they at church Sunday? Nope. That kind of stuff blows me away. I don't get that. Am I dumb? Maybe I'm dumb. Maybe I'm gullible. Maybe, maybe I'm just too naive to just believe God's word. How can you, how can you taste of the power of God and not make some kind of change make some I mean God of heaven is talking to you all the way from heaven I mean the God who created the universe just spoke to you he did it tonight through his word he's speaking to you right now there could be somebody listen I'm not saying there is there could be somebody in this place tonight tonight's the night you have to make a decision or tomorrow's got some grave circumstances there have been times I've been in services and I've never pointed them out, but I've known God showed me. I've seen their face. I've looked at them and I've said to a general congregation, somebody in here tonight, it's your last night to make a decision. You know why I can say that with boldness? Because I was that one 27 years ago. That wasn't spoken to me by the pastor, but it was spoken to me by God. Let me know when it, when it comes to this time of the service, we have to make decisions decisions serious decisions and you can't put it off till next week you can't put it off till well I got to get some things together just make a decision let God do the rest take heed maybe tonight it's a little tiny warning that light that check engine comes on in your car it's telling you something's wrong go go get it checked out keep riding that car without that it's gonna get worse when your brakes start squealing Go get the brakes fixed. Might cost some money, but it's going to cost a lot less than rotors. Right? I could go on and on with all the examples. Tonight, maybe the Holy Spirit is showing you a small. See, to me, and I'm not saying I'm perfect on it, but I don't want, I don't want to wait till I'm, in, till I'm overheating. I want to wait till my life's destroyed. I want God to show me the small little tiny things that I can clean up before it gets bigger. Because I like prevention. Amen. Whatever it is tonight. Let's find some time. Let's spend a few minutes in the Lord. It's still early. Let's take some time. Let's make this some decisions as we sing tonight. Amen. The altars are open tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit.